Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. That's because the election has changed mortgage rates dramatically. Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's time for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. All right, here we go. You ready? You're you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm here. I'm ready, man. I hope you're ready. I'm I think ready. we need that wrestling. Are you ready for this? Are Let's you ready, ready to rumble? <laughs> all right, we all know that. <laughs> all right, it's another edition of Mortgage Matters live from the where are we? KVEC studios. <laughs> studios yeah. American General All right. Media. And that voice you hear is Mr. Michael Points. Filling in for Jason Grody. He's uh, up. I th- I, you know what he's doing? He's down in Big Bear this weekend. It's his father-in-law's 70th birthday. Can't miss that. Cannot miss that. No. That's a very important one if you want to keep uh, life at home happy. Yeah. <laughs> Father-in-laws are kind of a wild card. Yeah. Usually the father-in-law goes it's usually like you get along if you are have some things in common i think the father-in-law tries to do a good job of being your friend Mm -hmm. the mother-in-law that's the real risk card but i struck the lottery on that did you yeah my mother-in-law and i have a great relationship oh good yeah as you know i i lost my mom at a younger age so she's just a great fill-in for me and she we have a lot of things in common you know she's into music um some classical music and things that I get into, which most people call me a nerd for. But um, I'm just glad Jason's going down there because I think it was earlier this week. He, it wasn't going to quite work out, and he was trying to get down there, and mm-hmm. I know it's important to him. Yeah. So would you say that your mother-in-law is something you're thankful for this Thanksgiving week? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, in fact... See, that worked. They just, oh. uh, yeah, good job, Jen. <laughs> Way to get me out of that. But we, they just arrived yeah. this weekend, so we're doing a little pre... Yeah pre-thanksgiving hanging out and uh they're from wisconsin ah. originally and we got a big football game tomorrow night there's there's something happening tomorrow the night Green bay packers are coming to the 49ers yeah. Stadium, which uh you and i are diehard niner fans dan there could be trouble and at your house then. i'm the only niner <laughs> fan of three people that will be in my uh very very tailored to sports garage, as you know, Dan. Right. And so it's going to be interesting, especially if the Niners take a lead. I was going to say, not only are they not Niner fans, they are Green Bay Packers They're total fans, Green Bay fans. Of course. Yeah. Um, they, they, all be wear their, their, they all, like, I swear, if Rodgers could run for president... <laughs> The state of Wisconsin would be green. It wouldn't even be, be red seeing or the blue. cheese heads <laughs> in, in your garage. They love by that the way. guy. They won't shut up about him. Wow. He's a great quarterback, no wow. question. And I know this isn't a sports show, but we could turn it into one. Pretty <laughs> we could <laughs> doing a good job and so far. They love they love that guy. So hmm. you know, I'm just hoping that he does well and the Niners win, and I'll be happy. Every it's a win for everyone. Yeah, 
Hopefully this isn't the the event that ruins that wonderful relationship you have with your in-laws, <laughs> no, Mike. No. I keep my normal comments to a minimum. Uh, yeah. Wow. Fun. It's a fun time of year, though. It is. Right? Getting, yeah. Getting together with family again. You know, things are... If you're in a business where time... Things are like deadlines and time-driven. You're getting a little anxious this time of year because you're losing some time with holidays. Yeah. Like you and I are, Dan. But... um shucks if you you don't need to sleep because you can sleep when you're dead because these times with family you know the drives and what what have you all that stuff it just it makes a lot of sense and it's always worth it yeah it is it's this is definitely my favorite time of year um unfortunately it looks like we have a little bit of rain coming in next week possibly yeah possibly what john lindsey says anyway what oh you don't play turkey day football in the rain I would if there were more people who would want. You want to play some football on th- Thanksgiving? You don't want to play football with me, Dan. <laughs> I, don't know. I do. Yeah, I don't like I don't flags. <laughs> yeah, I no. want to tackle. I played basketball with you, Mike. I know how you play football. <laughs> I was raised one way. <laughs> right. Physical contact is encouraged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it rains, we'll have what two inches of rain? No, uh, uh, excuse me. Two tenths of an inch of rain. Yeah, wait, Two tenths of an inch of we're rain. Gonna, we're going to start In out with a bang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it hasn't but, rained at all. In fact, it rained last night. Excuse me, Wednesday night. Yeah. AG too. And uh, uh, yeah. that was odd. We had some rain. Worst rain thing too. about rain when you don't think it's coming is if you still have the cardboard boxes out by your recycling area. Because mm. then yeah. those are difficult to cut after that. It gets to be a soggy mess, doesn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. almost like, hey, honey, I can't cut these until they dry. So it's almost a strategy. Yeah. <laughs> well, so this hol- this will be the third week in a row we talk about this unusual calendar event that's happening this year. But um, I think it's worth mentioning because I think it will actually have impact on some of the economic numbers we see uh, to close out this year. And the the calendar event I'm talking about is that Thanksgiving is falling very, very late in November this year. That's right. Um, it is, as scheduled, supposed to be on the fourth Thursday of the month. It just so happens that with the way the November calendar laid out, the fourth Thursday is on the 28th. That's so we month. actually end up, I, th- I think we end up losing like six shopping days this year um, for the, you know, that, time in between thanksgiving and christmas it's it's significantly shorter how do we lose shopping days because i think last year thanksgiving was on like the 23rd or something like that here it's on the 28th um so just because it falls so late in the in the month of november this year we lose a lot of shopping days yeah um so retailers it's either going to be just an incredibly busy fast shopping season um I guess that would be that's a fascinating point. That'd be good, but the yeah, the worst case scenario is that there's just less shopping activity in general because what's normally you know roughly a 30 plus day shopping period for Christmas mm-hmm. is going to be a little truncated. It's going to be more like 27 days. I don't know. I like how you use the word truncated. Were you thinking of Santa when you said that? No. Like his trunk, ah, where no. he puts his no, gifts. No, no. I, I wasn't. It was just, it's just a word. It's perfectly good just word. Just a word I pull out every now and then. Word points for Dan. <laughs> well, actually, my neighbor, um, the postman, actually accidentally put a catalog for a major retailer here in San Luis Obispo in my mailbox. Mm-hmm. So I thought, kind of thumbed through it when I gave it to her. 
and uh, they're starting that. they're starting their Black Friday stuff like this a week early. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Friday before. Yeah. Yeah, so it I just started then. It's something that, you know, I, I, I'm not in the retail business, but if I were, it's something that I would be thinking about. Maybe How that's can like I? A gray, like a gray Friday. The I Friday mean, it, before. It, it could be good. It could start that sense of shopping urgency right, right after Thanksgiving, whereas maybe in other years, people kind of think they have. A little bit of time and they don't you need see that's the strategy that burns you that's the strategy that burns you You ever gone shopping on christmas eve uh yes i have a bunch of idiot husbands that are like oh my god i forgot to get a gift for my wife yeah. or, <laughs> or i'm about ready to be divorced right. tomorrow yeah that's right my in-laws are coming <laughs> running around yeah that used to be my preferred day to shop christmas eve man this like decisions are you easy like at the that two point minute drill you just no, you're just in get there, on the ball. You go. You have a plan. You're like, we're gonna do a lot of stuff at Sears this year. You know, wherever you're going, <laughs> yeah. and you just get in there and you just start making decisions. Right. You got this no, green? No, sir. That's fine. There's no looking around, <laughs> trying different things on, weighing this option versus that. No, no, no. We see something, it works. Yeah, thumbs up. We're buying that. Yeah. Who's next? Dan, Dan was a starving. <laughs> Dan was a starving, starving student at one point. Yeah, and, yeah. It's like everything. 75% off, right? <laughs> yeah. Unreal. That's a risk. You're a risk taker, Dan. I am. I am a risk taker. It was a strategy that worked well for me in my youth. And now that I'm older, um, the last couple of years, I have, I've tried to go with a whole different approach, which is let's get it done early and then I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I got lots of other things in life to worry about. Yes, you do. So I'm, that's probably the strategy I'll go with this year. Um, I think that, but uh, it's something that certainly, certainly we should keep our eye on it, especially as these retail sales numbers start to start to come out for December and see if there is something noticeable with the the shorter shopping season. The quarter three retail numbers were garbage, just absolutely terrible. Um, really, really bad. They Co- were Kohl's, Walmart down like eighteen percent. Not good. Um, so I hope that this extra or this lack of week doesn't hurt them as well. Everyone knows, though. I mean, you're kind of a fool if you think they're not going to post their best numbers in quarter four. I mean, that's that's when things get done. Well, they always do. and sure. Like, and like Dan said, it gets done late in quarter four, like the day before Christmas. <laughs> For some, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's just going to be interesting to see how this holiday season feels in comparison to last year. Yeah. Um, I I have a feeling it's going to feel rushed. Yeah. It's going to feel like Christmas is upon us before we know it, even more so than usual. Um, so I'm just preparing myself, I guess, mentally out loud to the rest of you who are listening. So thanks for that. I'm sure they're it's listening. It's like a, a little therapy session. I'm sure they're out driving to go get their, their turkey fixings right now. Yeah. Only a couple days left before you have to fire yeah, up. This is what I'm talking about here. We So normally what we do is we host Thanksgiving and then you spend the rest of the weekend getting your family out of your house and back to where they live, right? And so then yeah. Sunday rolls around and you're like, whew, it was great. It was great to see everybody. Glad they're gone. Um, and then you have a whole week to plan that the next weekend we're going to go get our Christmas tree and then we're going to fully embrace this Christmas season. Yeah. I don't feel like I have that week to unwind. I feel like I got to really work hard to get people on the, you know, maybe Saturday is a good day to get going home. You don't want to beat that Sunday traffic. Sounds like I want to put some Giardia (laughs) in some of that turkey basin. 
get people out real quick. I'll pull that out of the uh, spice cabinet. I think we have some Giardia. No, honey, don't eat that gravy. Don't eat that gravy. That's for mom and dad. That's for That's the family. Not for us. Don't so eat that. yeah, I feel like I've I've got to do it on set. I got to do it on Sunday. Sunday's the first of des- or next Sunday. The Sunday after Thanksgiving right. is the first of December. I don't feel like I can wait that whole extra week. Yep. I'm not even going to get the money's worth out of my tree, right? I got to see that thing at least for five weeks. Are you an all-natural tree guy? Oh, yeah. I knew this about you. I love that smell. I love the whole process of going and finding. And... Yeah, you can. Yeah. There's wow. candles no, no, no. for that. No, no, no. You can tell the difference. You can tell the difference. Mm. This is the real thing. I got to side with Dan on this one. You got to have a tree. You always side with Dan. Well... <laughs> Can you see I'm getting more and more comfortable? Before I was just like, that's a great point, Dan. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. My wife thinks I'm sleeping in. This show got off to a weird start. Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Are we ready for a break? I think we should. Yeah. 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 Don't leave, people. We're going to talk about mortgages and stuff. We're going to do we're going to do normal stuff. We got here Steve Del Martini from Compass Real Estate on the show. Uh, you've heard him quite a few times. Come on the show, great guest. We're going to talk about the real estate as we go into 2020. And I know Dan's got more to talk about than his Christmas shopping. So stick around. We'll be right back with more mortgage matters. Welcome back. Now, we were going to bring out a guest this hour. I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. Uh, getting a lot of off-air suggestions and things from this guest. I think he's just uninvited himself onto the air. What's that tool? <laughs> What's the name of that tool that they use in the old Looney Tunes commercials? Is it the... Is it the... It's like the a... gaff? Is that what it is? The gaff. Yeah, I guess It's so. the big hook yeah. where they just, like, take him off the yeah. stage. <laughs> yeah, there was a suggestion off-air that I get my... Christmas tree before Thanksgiving, no. and I just thank you, Jim. Thank you. I uh, I absolutely refuse to cross my holidays. It's just not going to happen in my house. Uh, we're going to go one holiday at a time, like like it was intended. And Thanksgiving's next. Okay. Uh, I think we've got through this. I think I think that <laughs> I'd like to just have the listeners realize that we've got Steve Del Martini on the show. <laughs> Oh, we are letting him on. From Compass Real Estate. Is it Compass Real Estate Group? It's just Compass. Compass. From Compass. Thank you. Yeah. And. Compass West. Right. And. Yeah. Compass West. I think you're coming through. Hold on one sec, listeners. We've got some technical difficulties. Seems like Dan has cut off Steve Del Martini from the show. Yeah, I did it. I I went under the table and snipped a few wires. Can yeah. you hear him okay? Can I hear me okay? Yes. I can hear you. So. Okay. I got it. Are you on? I think so. Am I on? There we there go. go. Oh, that's like wow, so that's much like different. That's like getting a Christmas tree a week yeah. before Thanksgiving. Yeah, there we go. We're back. Yeah, All right. That's okay. So Steve Del Martini from Compass, um, longtime real estate agent in, in the county and Gosh, you've been on the show a half a dozen times. Oh, at least. My in fact, I just had a 
a listener call into our office earlier this week and said, love your guys' show. And I've been friends with Steve Del Martini for a long time. And I said, oh, okay, great. And he's not like a host of the show or yeah. anything. Oh, he's just on so much. He's on so, a lot. Like, yeah, this is what was... You got a little bit of a following now, Steve. I do, yeah. This yeah. is what was funny to me coming into the show today. I was like, man, Patterson Realty. Wait, no, they're not Patterson anymore. Patterson Realty advertised with us for like seven or eight years and just always had like an open invite to come be a guest on the show. And then they they sold the company, changed the name, stopped advertising, and now we can't get rid of you. Well, you know, <laughs> there has to be a highlight. It seems right. to me like it's clear the theme of this show is Dan You don't want my advice Steve. about holidays, so I might as yeah. well talk about something else. <laughs> we just have different different ideas, I guess. Yes. Yeah. You were sharing well, with me keep your... Keep your tree a week longer than maybe. I don't know. I will. Okay, that's I will. the solution. I'm going to do that this okay. year. Because we'll Super Bowl's not till February, so you got yeah. a long... Right. We'll keep it all the way to the Super that, Bowl. That's yeah, a good you got idea. That long stretch. Mm. Yeah, I like mm. that. It's kind of a myth out there that if you keep it past New Year's Day, it's, your myth. it's bad luck. I've never heard that. You ever that. heard that? Past no. New Year's Day. I, it's usually the weekend after New Year's is when I take it down. So the Rose Bowl's on and your tree's still up. New yeah. Day. yeah. New Year's Day. Yeah. It depends. If New Year's Day falls on a Sunday or something, then maybe that is the day it comes down. I'm not gotcha. sure. I'm gotcha. not sure. Well, we have plenty of stuff to talk about other than okay. holidays. Really? Um, wouldn't you agree, Dan? <clears throat> we do. I think that this week, this last week, was uh, eye-opening for me just because of a couple things that happened in the news. But um, we had a Fed meeting that came out, and um, no, no surprise, uh, Feds just said they're they're going to do their best to see how things percolate through our system with with what happened in our last rate drop, and it seems to me like. There's, I mean, the Fed, even Powell met directly with the president at the White House. And so I guess they're chumming up and getting better, a better relationship, quite, quite possibly. But I think what's nice about this time of year is that, you know, we as an industry have typically gone into, you get done with December and you really aren't busy in January and February much at all. That's our slowest time of year, right, Dan? Usually, and it's usually because right about now, uh, leading up to Thanksgiving and then into Christmas, it's just people aren't as interested in making these major life changes like buying and selling homes and going through the rigors of a refinance transaction. It's just, you know, there's other things to to occupy your time and your mind um, other than that kind of stuff. So because the loan process takes anywhere from 30 to 60 days, you start slowing down activity here, and it means that your funding activity in December, January, February really slows down. Um, so it's usually that end of first quarter where we start to see the pickup in activity, which leads us right into that summer home buying season. What we do know this year is that rates are obviously very low, near historic lows, and um, forecasts right now are for interest rates to remain at this level through the first quarter. That's right. At least through the first quarter. That's according to the Mortgage Bankers Association uh, economists, their recent forecasts. So it's good news for anyone who's interested in, in looking at lowering a payment or doing something to their mortgage. Rates should remain low through this holiday season. Which brings me into a conversation I want to have with you, Steve. I mean, October was phenomenal for loan applications with regards to refinance. I think in October, maybe our best October in the last four years, um, uh, nationally, those, those were the reports, is that that was the best rates were on refinances 
in the last four years. But now everyone's refinanced, right? They've got their lower payment. They've got their house. Mm -hmm. I mean, what does 2020 start to look like for you in the first part of the year for people looking to move, like move up or move out? Well, I think what, what happens in, in the real estate world, it's similar to, uh, you know, the mortgage world. Uh, we do tend to start to slow down. Yes, people take their house. Our inventories will shrink a little bit. People will uh, take their house off the market if it hasn't sold and if it's been out there a while. Um, yeah, everybody takes a break. I used to say if you're a realtor and you want to take a, a holiday, take it November 15th to December 31st for the first week or so after January. Yeah. Our market, though, used to be when I was kind of growing up in real estate, our market didn't used to take off till like March or so. But I think over the years that we're seeing the last, I'm going to say maybe five to seven, three to five years at least, uh, that our market is starting in February. Okay, mm. a little bit earlier than yeah. before. Um, at least the people that, uh, you know, the homes that came off, I had one that had been out there for a while. They, it expired um, about 30 days ago, and she'll be putting it back on in February. Yep. And yep. That, that's what's going to happen. Uh, the new construction is going to keep going till it rains and that'll slow them down. So I think it kind of, I think as you guys are saying, it kind of naturally pushes everything out till the end of the first quarter as far as really starting to, to, to perk up. A lot of new house completions in San Luis proper mm -hmm. in January, February, and March. Okay. Dan, I mean, we've got, um, Williams Homes is completing houses all the time, mm -hmm. but we've got um, Nuveno, which is a Robbins Reed project right there on right. Orcutt and Laurel Lane, mm -hmm. just over the train tracks, they'll have properties that they'll be ready to close on, I think, mm, in April. Yeah. yeah I think, yeah, I was talking you know, to Aaron well, Abbott, and he said probably April. Yeah, that's that's predictions without rain, you know. Yeah. And, and it, it, when I was, again, kind of growing up in this industry, um, I cut my teeth with Stanley Bell, a developer, and, you know, a, 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 day's, a day or two of rain would slow everybody down a week in really? construction. Yeah, so, you know, if you get three or four or five consecutive days of rain like we we were blessed with last year, then it, then it will kick them out further. Now it depends if they're, if they're, the roofs are on because they can continue to work inside inside. So, sure. you know, it really depends on where their project, I've seen Naveno is probably going to be in that because uh, they, they've got roofs on most of the stuff that they're building right now. Uh, I think it's called South Hills, which is in between Naveno and Williams homes. Yeah. That's the uh, way they're Castano's yeah, project. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. They're, they're, they're they're sending stuff out now about their development and not really timelines, but you know they're going to be on the market. They've got their uh, they've got eight floor plans, which is nice. That's yeah, a, that's, that's a, a lot. Nice, yeah, for fifty three or fifty six homes. Yeah. Um, and uh, Travis and Dante with Ambient Communities are starting their the the. Uh, I've seen they build yeah, a road the, right the, through there. Uh, Rigetti uh, step up homes, which they've got sixty two lots, I think, and those will be higher up on the hill. View homes, um, you know. And so they're starting their stuff now. Uh, their, their model homes, uh, the garages and things have been put in. So, so just for the listeners, be... help us with geography there. Okay. Where where did that take place, Steve? Okay. So if you were uh, on Tank Farm Road yeah, going west, you would go under the overpass. There would then be a left-hand turn at the new roundabout on Tank Farm. Yep. Right past the railroad overpass or right before then the, yes. the railroad overpass. That will take you into... Uh, the Williams Homes at Rigetti, and also um, Ambient Community with the large step-up homes. Just before Islay Park. Just before yeah. old, old Johnson, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then going down, oh, it's South Moros, I think is what it's called. South Moros, then I if you're going you. down Orchid, Orchid, it would be before the corner of Orchid and Johnson. 
a left-hand turn or a right-hand turn, obviously, coming out which way you're going. And then uh, that's, uh, then the corner is, is Noveno, basically, of mm-hmm. Orkut and Johnson. So uh, they're all at different, very different stages uh, in construction. Yeah, I saw that Robbins Reed is also doing a little infill project right there. Um, just further mm-hmm. down by... Orkut uh, and Broad. Yes. Yeah, that's all apartments. Okay. Yeah, there's, I don't think there's any for sale there. Okay. Uh, in between there, uh, next to the railroad tracks, um, there are 78 apartments being built, and that's under construction where Bang the Drum was. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah, so it's apartments. It's 78 units there. Um, yeah, I would say in San Luis, there's, there is an approval of 249 units, kind of like by mind-body, uh, the, uh, across the street where there's a mobile home park. 249 apartments were approved there. I don't know. They're from Santa Barbara. I don't know when they'll get started. Um, I think they have to kind of, you know, you have to buy out mobile homes or there's, there's, there's a method mm. of, of getting that community gone before you can really start, yeah. you know, bulldozing and stuff. So, um, and then uh, Covellop has apartments right next to Miner's Hardware, if you've seen that. Uh, that lot being scraped. Yeah. Um, so it's 60. In between the fire station. Yeah. And, and I yep. think, and they, I don't remember who they purchased that from, but uh, they bought that, and um, I'm going to tell you 60-ish units going in there. And I, So I would tell you, actually, right now, you know, you've probably got 350 apartments wow. somewhere close, under construction, in construction, getting yeah. ready, you know, a lot, yeah. a lot for our town. With all this, I mean, it, it seems like we're just hitting this point where all these bigger, these developments that have taken years to mm-hmm. finally become homes, you know, they're... They're starting to hit the market here with all these new home options available on the market for the folks who are looking to sell their existing home. What do they have to do? What do they have to think about to stand out in this market when there are all these new home options? Um, I think the best way to answer that is it depends on your time frame for your new home. So somebody might be getting into, let's just go back to Williams Homes at Rigetti and they're looking at something that's almost completed or finished, you know, and they're, you know, they, they need to, cl- they could close in 45 days. Um, that person has to be more aggressive on the sale of their home. And, um, and I mean, and, and really, they, the, the, you know, as a realtor, they really have to talk about, you know, yes, Joe sold his house for X and you have the same home. Um, and of course, your home is worth more than Joe's. It always is. But you have the reality if you want to move into the newer or the step up home then, you know, you really have to think about price. You really have to have that, that, that conversation. Maybe you price it, you know, where everybody thinks that it should be with the idea of, of, it, of it maybe dropping in two or three weeks if it's not sold. We are seeing days on the market uh, increase. Um, so it's really, you know, that really is the driver is to, you know, if, if something's under construction and you have four months, you know, you might even wait 30 days to put the house on the market. You know, so you don't just necessarily throw it back out there. Um, we're, we're, uh, Lisa and I are in an escrow where the gentleman is selling. His home won't be done when we close escrow, but he's going to go. He's, he's got a place to go for 30 days. You know, so that works for him. So Yeah. Well, and I guess I, my question is, is really, you know, I, I understand the timing of if you're selling one and buying okay. another. But if you're, just, if you're just a seller, if you're looking to sell your home, and, you know, a, mm-hmm. a prospective buyer is looking at Rigetti Ranch new mm-hmm. homes or Covellop new homes. You know, there's all these new home options for them to consider. Does the seller of an existing home, do they need to th- think about doing some improvements before they list it? Do they need to price 
more aggressively? Does the new home kind of put a ceiling on what they can charge? Or is there some appeal to being an older existing home that's outside of some HOA type thing? Like what just what does that person need to think about knowing that there's all these new homes competing with them? It's kind of a tough question to answer. Really, the, the condition, you know, if there's if there's a lot of things to do to a house, I would say, you know, maybe you don't go start doing improvements. Okay, because one improvement might lead to another, and I would probably say, uh, depending on that situation, maybe more aggressively pricing and, and not spending, you know, the $10,000 to improve a home. Um, I totally agree with that You know, method. because as soon as you do something, someone will say, gosh, if I would have the opportunity, I would have picked this carpet. I exactly. would have picked this tile. I would have picked this The new buyer thing. wants to nest so, their And they would, they would rather get it for $10,000 less so that they can pick the finish versus yeah. you picking Whether it for it them and trying to Whether it be a seller credit or a price reduction. Well, yeah, yeah, whatever might work. So... Yeah, and and you know it's always good for a buyer. And again, I, I learned a lot of this through uh, through Mr. Bell. But you know, if you have a buyer that's engaged in the property, you know, okay, so I think I got an okay deal, and I can do this, and I'm getting excited. So buy-in of a property with a buyer and the and the seller is really important. It, you know, you have a better escrow with everybody thinking that they did okay. Um, the seller sometimes will will be the one that maybe thinks they got a little bit, you know, maybe under the market, but also. You know, in new construction, you want to tell them how many houses you have sold, not how many you have available. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that way in, in the regular market. I think you'd rather have be able to tell everybody, you know, my house is sold, and yeah, and I got a, I got an okay deal, and now I can go do whatever it is that I was going to do. So, I think what's you're happening so, right now is, yeah. is is pricing. I mean, okay. to help you out, I really, I really do. It'll be interesting to see what happens in February and March to see what comes back on the market that's been out there. I see where everybody is in construction. And, uh, you know, new sales and people generate to that product. And I think that sellers out there have to understand we've, we've, we've had no new homes for so long that everybody is just so accustomed to basically, you know, I put it out there and it sells. And now there is uh, resale home competition. That's right. Okay. We're, we're at 95 listings. We were at about a, I mean, the other day, two days ago, we were at about 115 listings 30 or 45 days ago. Um, you know, that'll still drop a little bit more. Uh, we'll have the market increase in inventory February, March, when the so-called poly market comes on, you know, people wanting to sell because their, their children are graduating. And so it ebbs and flows kind of the same, but the inventory yeah. is, is causing price, you know, causing people to think about pricing. So inventory for sale for selling, mm-hmm. but also I think you're mentioning these apartments mm-hmm. and these other units that are could be more affordable than the average single family residence. It's a rental, which we know mm-hmm. we have a lot of rentals in this this town. How do you think the rental market's going to be affected by that and the new law, well, rule, I should mm-hmm. say, Cal Poly with freshmen and sophomores must live on campus? Okay, so kind of, I, I would tell you that right now, I, I don't do property management. I stay on it a little bit as far as that market. Um, Poly's, what they just put in the 1,400 beds, I think it was, uh, on Slack and Grand. Um, I can tell you, I was surprised. I even talked to a gentleman about two or three weeks ago. They have some apartments on Grand Avenue and he's had two or three vacancies mm. on Grand Avenue. So there's, there's that. And there are for rent signs. Um, I was going to the poly football game. There was a for rent sign at the units at the corner of, um, California and Foothill. Yeah. But on the other side, I, the, I can't remember the name of the street. It starts with a C, I think. But anyway, so there was an, there was a for rent sign there. There's a couple for rent signs. Yeah, right. On as Foothill. you walk towards the stadium. Yeah, exactly. A couple yeah. for rent signs on huh. Foothill. You know, so there there is an effect, and um, yeah, I'm and not it's November. Sure. I mean, it's yeah, like mid semester. Yeah. So 
trimester I, or whatever they do, and, quarter. Yeah, and so, you know, with the new stuff coming on, it is going... You know, the thing is, though, you have so many people that have to live outside of San Luis that want to get back in. And so I don't, I don't think you're going to have like this huge decrease in rents as much as you're going to have, you know, you might have to lower some rents, but you're going to have people that want to get back into San Luis and not commute. It might oh, help ease the pressure in yeah. the bedroom communities as, as far as rent yeah. pricing goes, yeah. if anything. San Luis probably will stay It'll, pretty it'll competitive. be the, maybe still, you know, the, the highest out there, but when you create this type of inventory coming on the market and someone can say, well, I don't have to drive from, you know, Paso Robles, I work at yeah, ICMS sure. or something, and, and I don't have to drive from... Or RRM or one of these yeah, large... Yeah, any of that stuff. You know, you know getting in, in San Luis helps everything, less cars on the on the road, more, yeah. more, more money being spent in San Luis, kids going to school, church, you know, all of that stuff when you get people back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff to think about. I think, you know, I know for a fact my my initial pre-approvals, especially with first-time home buyers, are, look, we want to live in slow, but we're realistic. We know we can't afford it. So they're moving into Grover Beach. They're mm-hmm. moving into Royal Grande. Mm-hmm. And if they had opportunities for house prices to drop a little bit with the equity they've picked up over the last two or three years, I think we could see a nice reshuffling of the deck. And, and That's really what inventory does, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when it comes in like in waves, like these mm-hmm. phases will for new right. construction. And I think the next year, year and a half to maybe 10 years out when everybody starts hitting the market, when you do get San Luis Ranch and Avila Ranch and that inventory out there, um, when you get, you know, when you get a lot of that out there, then the competition for, you know, new sales, uh, you know, people have to be price sensitive in the new market, right? right. Now they can, they don't have as much to worry about because the, the, the product that's out there is all different from each other. Okay. So there's not a lot of the same, um, you know, uh, the Williams will end up with, you know, going back to some large lot. Okay. Seven, 7,500, 8,000 square foot. They have um, some mm-hmm. large lots now, but they also have some small lots. You know, Sage and those areas out on Sarah Meadows are all very small lot subdivision right, right. now. You know, 4,500 square feet or something. Uh, Moreno is the same way. They're pretty small lot. Um, then you get, you know, the step-up homes with uh, Ambient. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the lots, the houses are large. And you, get, you get back to those larger square footages. Yeah, they're going to be like 2,800 square feet. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, the Which is a South very large home starts at 1,360 square feet yeah, and goes up to 2,000 something. So yeah. So, so then the you got the tiny homes. Cool. <laughs> well, you do have the tiny homes. Yeah. And there's big changes coming down from the state, you know, that in January 1st, where some of the rules in the city of San Luis Obispo, uh, their ordinance for, for, um, ADUs is going to change. You know, the owner occupancy thing is going to have to go away, I think, because the state is really? going to mandate it. And I think you're going to have a, you could have so you can have a rental SFR with an ADU on the mm-hmm. back because right now the city have, doesn't want you to do that. You got to well, live in one of them. Has to be owner, owner occupied. You got to live so in one of them. Yeah, yeah. And I think I heard a stat uh, from the other day that you know the city's been averaging about fifty ADUs a year for the last three years. Wow. As far as permits, yeah, something like that. So that could increase. I've, I've personally helped refinance two of them. In the last 12 yeah. months. The, the tiny home is a little different product because the tiny home is a personal property. And so, you, you know, you as lenders have to figure out, right. you got a house with a tiny home. The tiny home has no foundation and it's on wheels. Um, we wouldn't really give it value at this stage. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm seeing what most the, of our investors would consider that to be personal yeah, property. Exactly. Not That's collateral. the problem with the tiny home. And so you kind of have to have, someone's got to have another 90 grand or something to buy the tiny home right. over and above. Or you do a cash out refinance against mm. your, your main structure. No. Oh. And then you use that cash, you, you equate, you know, you're going to have a larger payment. You're going to have, 
and that cash out is technically not a home improvement. Or maybe it could be. That'd be argumented. Well, think of I, I think like if you have a a buyer looking at a single family home and then the mirror image single family home but it has a tiny home on it, the one with the tiny home is going to be worth more. For sure. But because we're not giving it value, how does that person buy this clearly more expensive property when appraisal the appraisals are going to be basically the same. Two words for you, Dan. Cash money. You got to have the cash, and that's yeah. what we're saying yeah. here. Um, we have to take a break. Uh, we're starting to kind of shift gears here. Before we get too far away on the pricing thing, I have another question for you when we come back. I'm excited. Um, because, you know, it is. It's an exciting time right now in our local market as far as real estate goes. A lot of, a lot of new and interesting developments that are that are becoming reality now and um, and the market's changing a little bit. So we'll talk more about that after this break. Stick around for more Mortgage Matters. Welcome back. Having a nice conversation here with Steve Del Martini from Compass. Um, got that right, huh? I feel, I feel like there should be something more. We Compass. All do, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, That's it's, it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are having a nice conversation. We're talking about all this new home inventory that's out there in San Luis Obispo proper. Um, mm-hmm. We were starting to talk a little bit about pricing. Like if, if you're a homeowner with an existing home, how do you compete in a market where there's a lot of new homes available for sale also? Um, I guess kind of looking at it from the other side, you know, you talked about the the homeowner uh, of the existing home that they have to carefully consider their list price and, and, Very much so. and think about the competition when you're pricing. But w- when thinking about the competition, when thinking about these builders and their pricing strategies, do they have the same kind of flexibility on their pricing that an individual homeowner would have? Um, Okay, so uh, yes, they do. Um, What happens in new homes is there is kind of an unwritten understanding that you really try to protect the first people in that bought in the development. Okay, so raising prices, you know, if you buy in the, you know, there's a general rule of thumb, if you can buy in the first phase of a four or five phase development, then, you, you know, by the time they get to the fifth phase, then they should have raised it and, and, and you were like it even in the first phase. Yeah, things go as planned and you're yeah. doing well. Yeah, okay. So, but what happens then is the new home builders will test the market as much as they can price-wise. So they'll inch up, inch up, and inch up. And then, you know, they may get to a point where, gosh, uh, you know, our, our walking traffic slowing down, our contracts are slowing down, we're not writing as many contracts or you know, you'll, they, they will have an effect and they can still show a price that's comparable to what they've already sold because they can give you credits for um, um, carpeting, tile, win, window coverings, washer dryer. So they'll make it up in They'll that make way. it up somewhere so when you close an escrow, it'll show the sales price of X and you don't know what's happened, you know, behind the scenes to, you know, satisfy a buyer that gets then 20,000 worth of upgrades that maybe not everybody got, but some people got. So, you know, there, there's a little bit of that that goes on. 
Um, but when you what what happens is if they get to a price point where the general market, let's just say eight fifty nine nine fifty, then the new homes aren't obtainable again by the same people that couldn't already obtain the eight fifty home before all the new homes came on. So Micro now that, that market, so you kind of, yeah, they go back can. into that market, that resale market yeah. and say, gosh, I'd love to have a new home. But on the other hand, I can get this house in this neighborhood that I like and things like that. Right. And it's 50,000 less. And so I can live with that, you know, so on and so forth. It's, it's the people that are on the fence that don't get off that miss, you know, your interest rate discussions, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm always going to wait for it to come down. Yeah. Okay. And then you guys are always saying, well, you know, huh, that this could be it. Who knows? You know, we're wrong. Is, yeah. Well, but you know, but the same later, thing, yeah. trying to guess, a, I'm going to wait, you know, I think something's going to happen next year. Um, that's going to cause us to have a price decrease in housing. Okay. Have you ever said that before? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of said it for three years. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> guess what? Sure. You know, so, you know, so to try to get to your question, it's kind of, it, it, it it's two ways the builder kind of has it going up until they get to a point where they maybe they've gone a little bit high in price, but they'll be the winner, so to speak. But on the, it, it, you know, in a more, comp- as things get more competitive or slow down, even um, you'd. What I'm hearing from you is that a builder would be reluctant to lower the actual sales price too much. They mm-hmm. would just give you other mm-hmm. incentives if, if there's a way to work that out. Um, Absolutely, because that's the fascinating part of of builder financing is the ways in which they get capital. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of those builders are using like pension funds Mm -hmm. and capital. They have, they have a guaranteed return they're trying to meet. And so even though the market shifts, if they can make up, you know, through customizations and still achieve that same target strike price, I think it helps them because look, a $20,000 addition, like maybe some bay windows and, you know, nicer flooring and quartz countertops, that's twenty thousand dollars on the price tag, but it really only costs the builder like mm-hmm. eleven thousand to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. They don't. They <laughs> somehow suck in that labor. They they tighten up their belt mm-hmm. straps. Their P and L doesn't look as great, but they sell the price for X. Yeah. Then the appraiser comes in and says, "Well, that house is right next door. Might as well justify the price." Yeah. And sure, there's conditions. There's a little bit different, as you know, Dan. You taught me how to read an appraisal. There are different conditions of a house, but it's not going to be so much of a deviation that it justifies a lower price. Okay. And then you build that phase out, right? And then hopefully, just hopefully, the the roller rolls a couple of great dice during the time frame. Metaphorically speaking, the rates go down and purchasing power goes up. And mm-hmm. Boom, you're right back. You're right yeah. back sparking that price again. I, I would think anybody that's building right now um, hopes there's a year or an 18-month window out there that everything kind of stays the way it is so they can get through, you know, uh, you know, a higher percentage of their, their product. These companies, these builder companies Mm -hmm. have exceptional forecasters that they pay for. These guys are like tip top or gals and they list, they go through meetings like weekly and these forecasters are giving them updates. The fact that we're building this much gives me comfort that we are going to stay in this range. Yeah, because we've we got, got all these different builder companies yeah. involved on yeah. those developments. <laughs> and there's a lot more coming down the pike. Right. I mean, you know, these guys, they can't stop. You know, like you said, they, they have their investment pool. It's in and, motion. And, you know, go to San Luis Ranch or something. You know, they're grading like crazy. They they can't just now stop and say, gee, huh, we'll wait six months. You know, they're they're into it. Yeah. They, you know, and their investor pool is going, okay, here we go. 
Everybody, yep. everybody go. Yeah. Yeah. So as, I mean, this conversation here is shifting more towards sentiment. Is that, I mean, you guys are talking to the builders and talking to the home buyers and is sentiment still, you know, positive, full steam ahead? Everything's good I, on all sides? I do think so because uh, personally, I, I mean, I think, uh, um, yes, I do because there's not a lot of news out there that's saying opposite, first of all. Okay, it's not in the newspaper and it's not on the six o'clock news that we're having problems. There's cautionary all. stuff, but there generally will be. That's not because the builders own the news, is it? No. <laughs> it's <not>. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but in what we're not hearing from you guys, lenders, you, is you need to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're not screaming. Okay. Um, May I add the environment where these products are being built is, I mean, this is a blue chip stock as far mm -hmm. as desirable places to live. Right. Right. Not to mention baby boomers mm -hmm. are selling in the metropolitan areas three hours from here, ready and willing to buy a house yep. here all cash. Yeah. And, right? and and we've just not had the product before. Right. You know, now, you know, something new is always good. So, yeah, you see, so you kind of have this mix out there. Um, you know, and I, I don't know, was it, I think I was on two or three months ago and someone had dropped the R word, the recession. Okay. And it, once that word is used, then... If it's used over and over, then we have a problem. Oh, if, I think even it's if so we funny don't, you mentioned that. One. I'm reading this this small <laughs> short book right now that, that talks about the recession happens because of the consumer. Mm -hmm. They think the recession into an actual reality. Yep. It's very yep. interesting stuff. Yeah, it is. I think the other thing, too, the headwind we have, Dan, to answer your question, I, I see the sentiment being very high. I mean, you know that I'm pretty involved with the Home Builders Association. Um, the two headwinds are... The labor market, yes. very difficult here for subcontractors, hard to pull from. So the time that they think it would take to finish a project on a whiteboard is like 2x because when you get into the nuts and bolts and like actually building the property, it's like, we don't have a guy for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second thing would be, and I think they're getting a lot better at this, I would like to just chime in for them, is the municipality and how they're handling mm -hmm. the permits and the different mm -hmm. phases. I think they're really starting to try as an organization to make this process easier. Yeah. Um, but they haven't for a long time. I know. And the state's forcing their hand on a lot of things. I, I, I'm 50-50. I'm Sometimes the state comes down with their new laws uh, for housing since we've had such a crisis, and I think it can be negative um, because it's taken away some of the, the decisions that cities make maybe you know to make a project better. Um, there's a new – I think there's a new law next year. You can't have more than five public hearings on a development, um, mm. you know, stuff like that where – you know, I can tell you most of the most of the, most of the time I've been to ARC planning or city council, and it's been appealed or it comes back for revisions. It comes out a better a better product, and I think developers will, will, will would agree with that to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. You know, labor's a big thing. You know, the cost of wood just keeps going up. I mean, there's things that aren't going to control the that are going to control the price just going up, and maybe it's not you know the yeah. mortgage market that's taking their value. You know, their 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 purchasing power away and yeah, anyway. I mean, we're we're fortunate to be able to see the mortgage rates where they are right now. That's one of the saving mm -hmm. graces to these new, mm -hmm. these new it, projects. Because you sign a reservation maybe two months ago, right? And if you have a good loan officer, um, whether they're a bank or a broker, they probably haven't locked your rate in. No, they're doing what I've we heard. call floating. <laughs> and floating makes a lot of sense right mm -hmm. now. So you may get closer and closer to your project date where you are expecting to get the house, let's say, March 31st. Well... Dan and I wouldn't be looking at locking probably till like early February, mid February. Mm -hmm. And if that, and if something sparks 
greatly, like say January, you know, companies like Central Coast Lending can lock way in advance. Mm-hmm. But we're just kind of floating, and each month the rates go down. It makes that house more affordable, right? Right. And I and I agree with you. I I think that our city has encouraged the building of homes. I think they've done a a, a very good job at getting developments approved that were taking a long time. But you know, everybody fast tracks now, so there's no. You know, in my opinion, there's no fast tracking because everybody's fast tracking. Yeah, you know, that's right. Now there's got to be a, it's new, a new norm. Yeah, you got to be. Like, What's faster know. than fast, yeah. Steve? <laughs> Want the car? Is there a carpool lane for building homes? We need yeah. that one. Yeah. All right, we're coming up on the mandatory break. Uh, so Top of the hour. We're gonna take a, a little pause here. Good time to refresh the coffee. Give a little food for the animals there and then we'll uh, get that turkey we're gonna go see if there's anything tasty out there in the green room and then we'll be back in here for a whole another hour of mortgage matters and uh hopefully a whole another hour of steve we'll see if, if we're lucky wow, now talk a little holiday we'll, we'll just see all right we'll be right back with more mortgage matters everyone Woo! second half of the show downhill baby <laughs> it's all downhill from here we uh, if you missed the first hour you missed a good one uh you better better head over to the central coast lending website later this week to download this episode from our soundcloud page uh, it'll be totally relevant by about thursday <laughs> right <laughs> it's uh, usually those those uh episodes we get them up on the on the website within a day or two and they're there for your enjoyment for for a long long time so uh if you hear some chuckling in the background that's not a donkey it's our good friend <laughs> steve del martini yeah he's laughing because he loves to come in here and stir the pot with us he does he does and we were gonna have him on for the whole rest of this hour but i said no and we no, are darn it you're out of here at the half hour mark steve <laughs> i'm getting my christmas tree <laughs> yeah i said no how can we miss you, you if you won't done. go away <laughs> right how can we talk yeah. about you if you're still in the room <laughs> right? yeah. steve's like got a, steve's got a christmas tree like, to go get yeah. and, a, and a holiday to That's forget about exactly. here exactly about a week to not cook for <laughs> to not cook for <laughs> yeah guaranteed guaranteed <laughs> all right well you can tell what the atmosphere in here is like. It's happy. It's fun. We're both. We're all sober. We were. Uh, we were talking Weird. about <laughs> the atmosphere, if you will, the sentiment uh, outside of this studio uh, in the uh, in the land of San Luis Obispo County and how everyone's feeling out there. Um, you guys are saying everyone's everyone's feeling good um, regarding builders, that. Builders the are feeling good. There's yeah, a nice. I think so. You know, like again, there's you know, the, I would I would probably you know not all offices have staff meetings we have one a week basically unless there's you know a holiday on it or but you know we we try to be positive you know we people ask about the market you know and the agents will say you know what's everybody think my i've had a house sitting out there for x and i'm not getting any showings and you know if you talk about or you think about a lot of things might relate to price uh location condition you know those type of things you do have to really think about a little bit more and 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 um 
you know, you can't just slap a price on and it's gone anymore. So, you know, on a lot of houses. So, yeah. One of the things, if I may just quickly, I wanted to bring up is, um, and we can talk about this or not. It depends, but I'm seeing some of these online, um, real estate services such as Zillow, Redfin, um, I buyer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, there's a couple others too that are coming out now where sure. you can like interview a bunch of agents and kind of pick the best mm-hmm. one, like Angie's list, if you will, for agents. But they're starting to say that they'll buy your house and then you can kind of pick the date that it closes mm-hmm. and you can move on out. Right. How, uh, how has that competition affected your ability to work with uh, sellers? Um, I haven't had any, I haven't had any result of it. Okay. Uh, okay. I um I don't have anybody that I've listed with or spoken to that are being approached approached by uh, one of these companies. Okay. Um, and I think there's a there's there's a place for it. Okay. Um, I don't know that San Luis Obispo is that place or San Luis Obispo County is that place. I think when you get into areas, you know, Arizona or Texas or you know places where you know they have they have so many homes that um, it might just be an easier way to get around it. If it were going to happen, maybe in the Bay Area where, you know, you get people that don't actually want the exposure, you know, there, there are private MLSs sure. in those areas. There's then 50, 60 people show up at your house. Yeah. Or, you know what, I only want, you know, I've got a $4 million property and I don't need, you know, every agent in San Francisco coming through on a tour. That makes you know, sense. Yeah. And so, you know, there, there's, there's room for it, I think, in, in certain locations. So you it's think not our micro economy, the relationships we have here, our small town way of doing business. I, I just not sure San Luis fits the fits the the mode for the for this. Uh, you Got know, Redfin it. is in the area, um, and yeah, you know. So, but I'm not. It's not. You know, we have. You know, we're we're inching to a statewide multiple listing service, and so we get a tremendous amount of of agents from outside of our county that list and sell property. I mean, we have as much competition, if not more, from agents from Northern and Southern California and the Central Valley that come in. They list a property. And, um, you know, so we have, we, we, we have that, which I think right now is That's more your biggest competition. competition. Yeah. You know, Got and it. it's not bad because, you know, they, they, they just, they know somebody, somebody, you know, they've had a relationship with, it's like you guys, you know, when, when, you know, one of your, um, clients comes in they say, well, I got approached by X, Y, Z, but I told them I'm with you because you're, you know, you, sure. I've done business with you. I trust you. I understand you. I don't ha- have to make a new relationship that that's a cause for some of it. So if someone's going to close in March, April, or um, March, April, or May, sorry, I was distracted by a flickering light up there, and then I forgot what the calendar was like. Um, what would you do for them? How would you start helping them? I mean, they, you don't want to sell your house in two months. I think there's anxiety, right? It's like, okay, yeah. they said we would they would accept our offer for the new home, but we have to get all of the cash and equity out of our home. Right. To sell it in time. Well, what is your suggestion for that? You can't have that much them? of a spread. I think if you were going to be selling your house, you, you know, if your anticipated close date you was need to March, list it like sixty days. Before. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and 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 you and and you know, the, the, what's kind of nice about the multiple or about agents that cooperate with each other? You put something in the multiple. Like we're closing on a new house. Anticipated closing date is X, and you know, and, and, and we'd like to hold over three days after X. Got it. You know, to to move out and and do that. You know, there, there's a lot of cooperation out there. I can tell you, you know, there, there's a high percentage of when that doesn't work and someone's going to have to figure out what they can do. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the moving twice is not good. Yeah. Um, you know, most new home builders don't allow you to move anything into a garage and, you know, for obvious reasons. And so, and, and, and then fortunately with, with new homes, it's a moving target. 
you know, they say, well, we're going to close, you know, March 20th. And then it's, you know, April 10th because again, you're sub thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't I get, know. you can't get the or flooring guy. Yeah. The city isn't on. Or... Right. The whole thing. Yeah. You know, so three days later, you know, that, that, you know, your, your final inspection is being done because it just got delayed somewhere. And right. So there's a lot of stuff. So yeah, that's a timing thing. I wouldn't put, you know, if you say you're going to the May date, then I, you know, I wouldn't put it on in February, you know, but I would, you know, you'd be having to look at it and you have to have that discussion. People have to understand that, you know, maybe I do have to do all these things. And the good thing is, is people that are moving into new subdivisions and selling home, they're, they're already kind of aware, you know, okay, if I luck out, this is all going to work perfectly. Okay. But I already know if it's not, then, you know, I've had the discussion with the new home builder. I've had a discussion with my realtor, you know, and so we have, they, they're making arrangements, right? you know, I'm, I'm going to go live with my mom. <laughs> that must've been the, the last option. <laughs> or the first. All, All the, the other options. options. You know, <laughs> you know, maybe your mom cooks turkey. I don't know. Maybe I was, that, I was, I was so naive when I first started in this business, mm-hmm. like, Oh, all that stuff just gets figured out. And one of my, uh, it does, one right? of my first purchase. Yeah. Many times it does. You're right. But one of my first buyers called me up like two days before we were supposed to close. And he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm all packed. Are we ready to close? And I'm like, well, it's, it might trickle into next week. You know, some of these things, they have a way of just not closing. And he said, I'm going to be homeless on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, yep. I didn't really think about that. Yep. That's why they have hotels, I guess. Yeah. But the, and, 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 and the, the worst that, part, but I, I kind of, no, I understand. But the <laughs> yeah. worst part is, is the cost of, you know, for a moving company to, to keep your belongings in their truck that's parked outside the home that they're going to move into three days yeah. from now. I mean, it, it's, it, it's a cost factor that people, you have to, you have to have, you have to, you know, I always say it, in a realtor's world and probably in yours just as much, it's all about managing expectations. Yeah. Okay. So if you start in the beginning and start to manage those expectations because you have enough knowledge to know that there's going to be problems. I mean, I just anticipate them. Yeah. Not on a normal deal where it's just, you know, I, I don't anticipate that many problems. It, it's you know it's it's more black and white than that, um, but but you'll see red flags on a deal yes. when you see a transaction where there's you know three or four closings that rely on one mm-hmm. another. You know yeah. there's a recipe for disaster yeah. there, and you because it's plan the third according. domino that doesn't right. fall. You know right? And, <laughs> yeah. Whenever I have a first time home buyer, it's always like let's not let's not get your landlord involved yet. Let's wait till we get the appraisal. Y- yes, Once pay an extra two weeks. you get the appraisal, weeks. it's yeah. like, all right, let me tell you how this is all going to work out. You're mm. going to have some layover time. You're not going to have a first, you know, they think, oh, right, Dan, I close and I have a mortgage payment. No, that's not mm. how it works because mortgages are different than rents. Yes. You know, we have to have interest accruing on your principal balance. So you actually get a month where you don't make a payment. Mm. Well, these issues you're talking about, the... You're talking about your biggest competition isn't the the internet, you know, wannabe realtor. It's the out of area realtor. This issue of timing is critical and people don't, I mean, I, I feel like it gets so overlooked critical. or not talked about enough. There's a contract involved in a home sale and that contract has an expiration date on it. And that means something. It's not just like, a, you know, if you can do it by that date, cool. It's a, no, this is when... These terms are no longer the good. The game is over. Yeah, this Could is the over. date. Everything yeah. has to be done by this date unless you get all parties to agree to some other date. So when you start using, well, it's, you know, it's my cousin and I know him, so I'm just going to use him. Even though he's not in that market and knows nothing about that market, I'm going to use him to list my house. 
Well, that could be your fatal flaw because he doesn't understand how things work in this yeah, area. Or, I, I, you know, we don't. It's, it's or not lender. Quite, yeah, it's not quite. You know that dramatic. Um, it can be if there's not can good be. communication. It can be. I'll tell you, it's been yeah. Yeah. it's been pitched to us in a very dramatic way okay. before. <laughs> so you know, because we don't, you know, it's not necessarily that we see brokers from outside the area come in and and, and they're high or low on price. They're usually pretty much in the market. Um, you know, and if they're not, they figure it out. Um, so it, it's it's yeah, it's not being here. Sometimes you know, if, if I'm in, you know. San Diego selling a house. And no, I'm not saying it's no, about. No, I mean your... it's it's not being here with the flow of the whole thing. And I did, you know, for me, it's you know, if everybody's in the same town doing the same thing, the lender, the buyer, the seller, me, and the other, you know, there's a flow to it that happens. That that you know, and and just someone who's being who's experienced, mm-hmm. who's doing this full time. There's a lot of people who are you know they have the license, but they don't. It's not their primary source of income mm-hmm. or their primary there's... job. So. W- you know, this is, I, I guess, a message right. to the people who are looking to buy or sell a home is really carefully consider if you're going to use that person you know because you have a existing relationship with them. Are you using them solely for that or because they're really good at the real estate business? If they're really good at the real estate business, there's usually not a problem. Right. Interview some agents. Yeah. You know, Steve Del Martini, he'd be happy to sit with you. I know, Steve, you do a great job listing homes. Um, it's not that you don't like working with buyers. You just tend to control that other part of the market, which is the listing part, the inventory. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think you know a lot about pricing and you know a lot about well, it, uh, realistic uh, realistic <laughs> timelines and what yeah. needs to be done. I love, the, I love the comment you made in the beginning. I don't know why enough people say that. Hey, look, don't spend $12,000 in three months breaking your back fixing this place. Yeah. Odds are the Joneses aren't going to like anything you did. You know, and some things are necessary. I mean, we've, you know, you get yeah, the I comment, mean, well, there's I'm, not I'm a thinking toilet about in adding, this bathroom. That's a problem. Yeah. I'm thinking about adding a spa and you kind of go, oh, okay, well, or who? great. Because mm-hmm. that's pretty, you know, that's pretty much for you. And guess who? what you're going to do when it sells. You you're going to take the spa with you <laughs> someplace you can't take it. So, Most yeah. Likely. Yeah. It's an interesting, it's, it, it, it's all interesting when you get in, into. What about if everything? you converted your detached garage into a man lair? Is that well, thing. you know, for Jason, <laughs> for Jason, it would be. Let me be but, clear: a man lair is a place yeah. where I watch sports and play cards. Hypothetically speaking, yes. yeah. <laughs> Whether you know that or the she shed, or yeah, know, now I don't know. Those yeah. things are are popular. I I think you've done yourself a a service, Mike, by converting your detached garage to a man lair. Yeah, I count it for it's like. <laughs> right so, so you're the one that parks your cars out on the street and it's on the driveway yeah that's yeah, we've, too bad we've, we've we've created a driveway space yeah because the driveway was there well it's an r2 lot you know this you know the street el capitan way you know it well oh so my dad used to own all that land yeah yeah that was a brickyard no the brickyard was, was the brickyard is next to the grange hall up on broad uh then why are there so many bricks when i dig into the ground <laughs> That's the uh, construction at the time. Yeah, I guess so. Well, the big yeah. yard was Filler. really big, but the headquarters was right by the Grange. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yes. <laughs> the brickyard is where... Um, That's where all the, the broken built. bricks got done. And part of Moylan Terrace. Ah. Yeah. So when I was growing up, that was the gotcha. brickyard, and you could go in there. <clears throat> Not that we did, but you could go in there on weekends or in the evenings, and they always left the keys in the cars for all the, all the, the, the machinery. Mm. <laughs> this is the 70s. I can't tell you. And so you could. I won't tell you. 
Yes, yeah. you could. This go. is back when they thought the youth of the time could be trusted, and then they yes. proved that you, they you couldn't could, be, and they ruined it for all of us. Yes. Yeah. You, you could you could dive, drive a dump truck maybe if you were there at. The if right you were time. there at yeah, midnight, maybe. Ish. maybe. Not sure. Something like that. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so El yeah. Capitan. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that's where you live. That's my street. Okay. Well, now everybody knows. Yeah. yeah. So if there's any problems. Well, Dan put my house on the internet for Halloween because I had the he big had candy the big bars. candy bars. Oh, he's the house with the big yeah. candy. So bars. when I was growing up, it was the Farinis, Farini Heights, and stuff. The Farini family lived in the heights above my yeah, house. Of yeah, and uh, so they had the nickel Hershey bars. Okay, so the whole goal was to make it to the Farini house, right? And if you made it to the Farini house, you got the the the, the, the candy bar, that's and they had this long driveway which you come down. And I won't mention their their names, but there were three brothers. And they would wait at the end of the driveway, and then you had to, oh no, I had to kind of outrun them or not, you know. If they got you, they got your candy bar. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, That's too just, bad. Yeah, it was so. Old, anyway, old times. Old times at yeah, Throop Field, yeah, teach school. All right, guys. Anyway, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna like, bring us back in. Yeah, here. thank you very much. Um, I I do have a question. Um, I, as I I'm kind of stepping back here thinking about our real estate market on the central coast i see we have near record low interest rates again we've got home inventory picking up a lot of a lot of new home inventory too um we've got you know i know the employment situation is always a little tough around here um but if i could say anything it's getting better there, there's more employers um more head of household type of employers as well lots of and may i add really quick on this point lots of commercial buildings being built out by the airport yeah there is there's a lot of activity out there so i'm I'm seeing all these positive things um for a real estate market i'm curious are you what kind of negative things are you hearing as you're talking to buyers and sellers is there anything that that's got them down on this market right now negative for a seller i would think i think would be um their anticipation that their house is going to sell quickly no matter what price and so days on the market i mean it was kind of ironic that you bring that up i saw a house that sold i thought god that's been out there a long time and it was 22 days you know it's like (laughs) okay that it just seemed like a long time um you know so i think the days on the market um you know i buyer will try to use that against a seller like okay so you've been out there you know, somebody out the, out on the market for 60 or 70 days, I think that might be an argument, like what's wrong, what, you know, or te- then they'll say test me. But so days on the market's a negative for a seller right now. And okay. their anticipation of really, you know, again, sitting down and having that d- discussion about price and in having it. And, and it doesn't mean you don't have, you, you can't acquiesce to their price, but you have to have a plan. Okay. So I, you know, I love being wrong on price. And I think pricing is the hardest thing to do. Okay, just in our industry it's right now. It's an infinite possibility. It, yeah. You know, there's real estate's not definite. It's not like, okay, this square footage sells at this, period. Right, so I love sell, that yeah. conversation. So, anyway. Go downtown San Luis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, I, I think we're in an in a, in a interesting market where those type of questions, they, they're hard to answer. Yeah. You know, and I think it's hard to, to answer to a, a buyer or a seller and they're really looking to you as a mortgage lender or us as brokers to tell them exactly what. And you can't, it's hard. So we're sitting across the table from each other, let's just say, hypothetically, hypothetically speaking. And um, and you're telling, you, I'm getting ready to sell my house. And you're saying, look, your, your price is fair, but 
what would you tell me if we've been on the market for 30 days? Mm-hmm. Would you say we should have a systematic way to drop price? You, yeah, you either already have it. You know, I see listing agreements where someone says, okay, at day, you know, at day 30, we're dropping 15000 And Got just it. do it up front so you don't have to have the conversation later and it's not an odd conversation because if you have it later, a lot of times it's not going to be that number. And you also have to always understand that whatever you, that conversation has to be, you can't drop a price five grand. Yeah. It has to be a substantial it's, drop. Because yeah, even in, on a $750,000 home, 15000 isn't even 3%. No, no but you know, th- th- that would be a lot better than five. Be, correct. <laughs> that correct. Was, yeah. 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 You're trying to get it right to that sizzle point yeah. where boom, then yeah. there's three offers, again, right? Then you can price it back yeah, up. Or even, even you want the multiple one good offer is good, you know? Yeah. But I think you're trying to create a multiple offer situation. So um, yeah, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show. Are you going to stick around for a little bit longer? Uh, or are we going to have another 15 minutes? Okay, so? great. Yeah. Well then let's just take a quick break. Okay. Listeners, we'll be right back with more mortgage matters. There we go. We're back. It's always I always act like I'm surprised that we're back. Whoa. But I know it's happening. It's a yeah. scheduled thing. It's back. You know, we're we going all the back. way till eleven. It's it's part of the deal. It's what we signed what? up for. Yeah. But here I am. I'm surprised Wait. again. What Every I think break. is weird like, is hey, how we're when we're at break you just sit there in silence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well we didn't you were nodding off, so I, you're su- being surprised, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. surprising. Yeah. Well, it's just been a sleepy day, you know, sleepy Dan's conversation. An avid he's a savant. Mm. He's he's learned it. Yeah. Yeah, lots of that. Lots of learning. Remember when you used to have the newspaper? I did, yeah. And then they they really struggled to deliver the newspaper to my front doorstep where I appreciated it under Uh, under the car. What did I do on a Sunday morning and uh, and only receiving it four out of seven days a week? Those those were problems for me. I think we had that conversation last time. Sounds like you need to trade your paper boy for. They don't have paper. Maybe Colin Kaepernick. Does Colin Kaepernick have a job right now? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Blew it again. But uh, you know who really blew it was the paperboy, the paperboy, the the delivery right. guy. All right. So yeah, they've converted me after 40, 40 wonderful years of reading the newspaper every single morning. I uh, I'm now an internet news um, morning guy. So I let me get this straight: when you were breastfeeding as a child, you were reading the paper. There was a paper very nearby, Mike. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I was advanced for my age. Yeah, that's like I said, people. <laughs> he was, he was reading. <laughs> he was. So oh they God. don't have a Saturday delivery of the Tribune. So I've had, had two Saturdays of withdrawals. Now I'm getting through it. They stopped delivering on Saturday. On Saturday, yeah. Oh yeah. well, yeah. I got out at the right time then. Boom. Yeah. So everybody that goes out to get their paper, we meet now and hold hands for a few minutes, and they yeah. Back in. Yeah. You tell each other your own news. Yeah. <laughs> Neighborhood news. Yeah. Want to sell your house? That's Those trash do. cans. Yeah. <laughs> every time. Same thing every morning with this Steve guy. Steve with the real estate. <laughs> Over the top, Steve. <laughs> we oh, get it, Steve. We yeah. know what you do. We no, live, you we've lived next to you, next to you for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Uh, okay. Funny. 
All right, so um, you were telling we? us what what was negative out there with all this great Not stuff, low Not interest rates, and yeah, no. lots of building and all that stuff. You know, living on the central coast is just Ooh. great in itself. What about this? This is negative. I've heard this. What about the VRBO Airbnb market? So we have vacant homes that are rented out for vacation purposes. Now in San Luis Obispo, you got to be living in the home, but in some of these other towns, there's more leniency. You know where much more, much more. So those aren't on the market. No. So that's got to be bad, I guess. I mean, bad for not the owner of the home that's raking in cake on a month-to-month basis, but what if the neighborhood, you know, um, itself is not really it's not a, it's not an easy thing to live next to a vrbo i'm not sure if you're well, they're, aware they're of that. usually i'll take cayucas for instance i believe that in cayucas you have to have you know there's 300 feet between each one so you know you you, you don't have like five vrbos on the block in a row and mm-hmm. you live across the street so uh that's i think about a as lot far them, as i could throw a football so that's yeah, not that far yeah i i hit my putter about that far my driver doesn't work nice. It's like British so, putting. Yeah. Um, I know Morro Bay's uh, rules as far as Airbnb yeah. goes. They limit the quantity of the number of permits right. they'll issue in the entire city. And I think right. that's at 200 or 250. Okay. And then they'll limit the proximity to another Airbnb. And I think currently the ordinance is for 200 feet, but they're considering maybe increasing that. But right now it's 200 feet. And I think as far as using in particular an ADU as an Airbnb, that's only if it's what's called a hosted um, rental. So the the owner has to be on-site. Primary yeah. residence. For, in order to rent an yeah. ADU um, through the Airbnb type thing. So yeah. it's interesting and, how all the different cities are coming up with their plans. And they're all kind of going through this process mm-hmm. right now. Certainly. Now, I know we've talked about some vacation areas like in Kauai, for instance, where they've they've gone with a different approach where they're consolidating all the Airbnbs in one area. Yeah. Pismo has a district. Yeah. So, okay. and that's Do interesting. They? It's a whole different idea. Whereas Cayucas, Morro Bay, they're looking at none of them too close together. And these other places are like, no, we want them all right in the city. They can just bother each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I see the, I see the, you know, the idea behind both strategies. Mm-hmm. Well, the aggregate of them all is just, mini hotels right i mean that's what they are yeah i mean so it, it makes sense in, in both cases to have them spread out but mm-hmm. it also makes sense to have them in one area yeah what i what i was curious about is just pertaining to like how it affects value you know like in a neighborhood is it not a nuisance i i haven't seen that i haven't really seen where oh gosh you know there's a vrbo on the block so you know your price just fell so when you say because so, you see again because you're right about you know the difference with san Luis is that, first of all, they don't allow them, okay? You have to have what they call homestay, so you have to live in one or the other units, okay? Mm-hmm. And Or you live and you rent out a bedroom or the back half of your house for the weekend, but you have to live in it, so they have homestays. They don't have VRBOs, although I know that there are VR, VRBOs out there. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's, not a, it, it's not one of those things that affect us a whole lot. Um, about the flip side of the coin, what if, <clears throat> what if that person says, hey, for the last three years, I, this has been a VRBO mm-hmm. and it's been very lucrative. I want to make sure I get my price. And then you let them know of the risks and that's all. But if they're do. trying to sell, I mean, as you know, that's not a comparable part of, that's not a no. part of the appraisal process. We no. don't look at a profit and loss statement. No. Well, you know, you know I mean, I mean on a rental what, property, we will look at how the property right. would, what mm-hmm. the fair market right. rent of the property would be. 
And I think that's taken into small consideration, but it's mainly the collateral, right, Dan? Yeah. How it compares. Yeah. Like, I mean, every appraisal looks at the cost approach as, you know, the income approach. It looks at all these different approaches to derive a value for the property, but the the one that's given by far the most weight is the comparative sales approach. And the fair market rent isn't like comparing to another mm-hmm. VRBO. It's this traditional right. 12 month right. or month to month lease. I'll tell you that as my neighbor, I, I live in Morro Bay and my neighbor, my old neighbor, I should say, they, um, they had, they, they were one of the people who got the Airbnb license and they, they like to camp a lot. And, and so they would just, if they had a guest who was going to come and stay at their property, they'd take the family camping mm-hmm. and it was great. You know, they loved it. And then they got a little extra income on their house for me as the neighbor, um, you know, from just a perception and value standpoint, I, it never bothered me. The only thing I just always thought it was weird. I was like, did they move? Did they sell their house and not say anything? Um, but then I kind of caught on to what was going on. And, and every week you're like, are you my neighbor? Now? Well, no, what I noticed was people, you know, there Great. wasn't a big disruption by yeah. someone coming yeah. in or, you know, by the turnover of that. I They were actually rel- really quiet. I, I always found the tenants to be quieter than than normal and really yeah. not even around a lot. They, they were there to sleep and otherwise they were out exploring yeah. the beauty that we have here. Um, and so there wasn't it for me, it wasn't a big deal as a neighbor. It didn't bother me. It it wasn't something that affected me in any way. Well, I can tell you right now that my 40th birthday is coming up next October and I'm going to rent a rock band called glam Cobra and we're going to be at a nice house and I'm going to make a ruckus. So that happens, Hmm. but I'm only doing it because it's my 40th birthday. I don't do it all the, all the other times. I'm like your example, Dan, Mm -hmm. quiet and easy to be around. Well, usually you're going someplace and you're staying in that because it's it's a better stay environment for the larger group you're with. But you're you're there to go see the stuff, not hang out in someone's house. It's I can't believe like, you guys kept a straight face through all that. Well, <laughs> someone has to. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I was thinking. Yeah, maybe Merle Haggard was. Glenn Cobra is a real band. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've stumped you all. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so but I will. So the VRBO thing, I'm glad to hear that's not a big deal. I personally I think, think so. it's a great evolution of real estate. I think it gives, especially our retirees, a great opportunity to bring some more income in on that property. And I think it allows you to just be a little bit more creative. What I don't like about it, though, I've read statistics that 14 yeah. percent of oh, the house, market. yeah. So that just kind of kills. Wait, oper- sorry, I fragmented sentence here. Well, 14 percent of what? 14 percent. Dan always does a good job of helping me make sense. There is roughly 14% of the market in San Luis Obispo County is a VRBO or Airbnb property. So we have vacant homes that otherwise could be rented out to people or potentially sold on the marketplace. So it hurts inventory for new sales or existing sales for other people to move in, new first-time homebuyers. And it hurts the rental market because there's just one less unit that you can get into for a more competitive rent. And so... All that being said, it does hurt the community that lives, works, and stays here. So, from a standpoint mm-hmm. of just affordable housing right. payment. Mm-hmm. So, I believe uh, there either was a new law proposed or one that passed um, that's going to change the landscape of ADUs um, because the state will, is going to say that you can't require an owner occupancy on an ADU now. 
and that'll be after January 1st on, I think. Um, and there's also the ability, again, from the state dictating what cities and counties are going to do, that if there is room on the lot to have not only an ADU, but I think what they're, they're calling a minor ADU. So you could have your house, you could have an ADU in the city of San Luis. I think it's eight or 850 square foot is approved. Anything over that needs a use permit up to 1,200 square feet. And then if you were allowed this minor ADU, there, there's potential to have three different structures on a lot. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, so I'll have to see how that plays out. I can... Does the market like it? I mean, I don't know. It's not. It's not in effect yet. Uh, but how about just the ADU? I mean, it seems like the market likes the ADU. Right the market now. like okay. So San Luis the market likes it. Definitely likes ADU. Yeah. What happened in San Luis is the ADUs started to get popular, and so City of San Luis. I think it was in. I'm gonna get these dates wrong, probably, but I think it was then January first of 2019 to July first or 31st. They didn't have their ordinance in place, and so there was not an owner-occupancy requirement. Then after January 31st from there on, then there was an owner-occupancy requirement. Before the owner-occupancy requirement came in, they had, let's say, 70 permits for ADUs. The owner-occupancy comes in, then they have 20. And so they've kind of averaged for the last three years about 50 over that time. So I, I... you know, I've seen a few of them being built. Um, you know, I, I think they're popular. I think the owner occupancy is going to. They really allow gas to, and electricity and water into the ADU, or is it just water and gas? Or and just a, like uh, water and electricity in a bucket? Yeah. Um, no, they're fully, yeah. fully I'm equipped. Um, what I like about the ADUs <laughs> is it provides so much flexibility for a property. If you're sure. a young family. Um, it provides you a, a guest space for visitors, or it's it's, or it's the affordable rental, supplemental rental income. Yeah, you know, because if it's, it's an affordability you know, you don't have issue. To, yeah, um, as as space. your family gets older and your parents get older, it's a yes. place where mm-hmm. you can have the right. elderly parent stay with you, and you know they can still live that independent lifestyle, but you have the ability to keep a closer eye on them for you know the income potential. It obviously maximizes what you could get um, rent wise for for a property, assuming it's allowed that you can rent out the whole thing. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of positives for it. If, as long as you don't mind losing a little bit of square footage in your backyard. Um, well, it seems like a win for everyone. Is going to allow is going to, to allow a garage conversion uh, without adding parking. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's pretty dramatic. I mean, it can, yeah, it'll change the face of some neighborhood. That's where it's going to change back. some things. You know, yeah. if you are adding all these ADUs and then not increasing parking, you are going to have a lot more impact on streets, which luckily for us, I mean, we're not like San Francisco where you got to circle a block 14 times to find a parking spot. Dan used to do that. I used to do that. Um, but yeah, we, we, we're not at that extreme, but it's obviously going to push in that direction if, if you have all these extra units without additional parking. So things I think it might about. be a great reflection for how we as a country like start with the baby boomers aging and mom and da- more mom and dads coming to live with kids. I think it's I think it will help out a lot. And for those who age in place, I mean, you could have in in home care staying in that ADU. I think yeah, I think you can have that and just add to know, the conversation. It'll be interesting how you guys handle it all. So me. we we ADUs we give there. value to. We mm-hmm. absolutely give value to. Yeah. Um, and as we long have as it's s- permitted yeah. and, you know, it's built 
Yep. As long as all that is legit, then yeah, it gets value. It's still considered a single family residence. It's not considered a duplex. Yep. Um, so you don't need to show re- extra reserves when you close. And we have loan programs that are conventional loan programs that allow us to use the rental income to qualify. I was, yeah, I was going to say that's where it gets a little problematic is if you do need rents to qualify off of that ADU, that's where it gets a little problematic because Caveats. the property is still considered a single family residence. And if it's an owner occupied single family residence, you cannot count rents because they're not considered stable. They're considered room rents. Border, Even yeah. though it's a separate structure altogether, you're still dealing with a single family residence where you're not allowed to have rent. So from However, that standpoint, it can be troublesome if you already, if, if you're using some already. loan programs, they will allow. There is a little more latitude, but there's a lot of disqualifiers within Income that. Caps. So yep. it's just something to consider. Usually, if you're buying a home with an ADU, you have to qualify Don't. for the whole shebang all by yourself. Don't plan on the income, but it's great that it's coming to you as soon as we close and you have that mortgage payment. Yeah. So, listeners, we're going to take our last break of the show. Um, Steve Del Martini, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having Compass. me. Really appreciate you coming and, in. Um, how would our listeners get a hold of you if they wanted to talk to you about listings or any other real estate conversation? Well, you could either call me at 805-801-5165 or steve.delmartini at compass.com. Dynamite. Thank you, you guys. I really appreciate this. This is it's always interesting, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. That was almost a compliment. It yeah, it felt <laughs> like it was over the 50% yeah, mark. It was. Over the 50% you know, yeah. mark. As long as we get, Dan brings us back and we get back on track, everything's good. You know? That's right. And we didn't bring Disneyland up, so that's okay. Let's, uh, let's give Steve Next the uh, boot out the door that he mm-hmm. deserves, and we'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. There we go. Woo! Woo! Things got loud in here. <laughs> Things got loud. There, oh, that's that's better. better. That feels better. Yeah. All right. We got do a really bored than we normally. Yeah. Do, so. <laughs> we do uh, appreciate Steve Del Martini coming in, taking time out of his weekend to join us. He's always uh, great to talk to. We joke around with him a lot, but he's a great friend of the show, and we appreciate his insight into the market. He's been doing real estate here on the central coast for over 40 years for a long time. Yeah. He's a, he's a wealth of knowledge. We were talking off air a little bit about uh, your old neighborhood that, you know, like he said, was, he remembers when it, when it was a bunch of nothing back when he was a kid. So yeah, it's uh, it's always fun to get that perspective from him. And, and again, we appreciate him taking time out of his weekend to join us. So thanks again. Steve. And if you listen to this show and you're a real estate agent and you'd like to come on the show, please contact us at the office. Um, one number rings all of us. You can ask for Dan, Jason, or myself, Mike points, 805-543-LOAN. We'd love to get your perspective. And I know our listeners love it too. Can't tell you how many times real estate agents have gotten off the show and gotten calls from listeners. Yeah. It's, it's 
obviously a way to get your your name out there and and promote yourself a little bit but what we really enjoy is getting the the different perspectives because Absolutely. everybody's you know we all live in different parts of the county we all work with different clients and we all have different experiences and perspectives and and we think that if we can bring everyone together uh, through the show that we can share those perspectives with the listeners out there and make you just a, a more educated um, Central Coast homeowner and, and home buyer. Exactly. Because uh, information's key in, in this business and in this uh, sector of the market. Having as much information as you can and as much perspective as you can is, is extremely helpful when making these big decisions about big money and things that are going to affect your life and where you where you go home every day after work, um, it's, it's a lot to consider. So having information and sharing that information is really important. So yeah, we'd love to, to have, have other realtors on the show who'd like to, um, get their story out and get their perspective out there to our listeners. We would meet with you ahead of time, have a cup of coffee, talk about a couple talking points you want to touch on. So you don't come in here feeling like your first time ever talking to us is right on these microphones. Yeah. Um, we handle it professionally. So again, you can contact us at 805-543-LOAN. We'd love to have you on. It's a great time of year as you're planning for what you're going to do next year. Tell us about what your goals are and you know what you're targeting. So 2020 is just around the corner, right, Dan? It is. I'm really excited for next year. Um, you know, I, I think um, mortgage business is is strong right now and, and looks to like, the environment will be right for another strong year next year. Yeah. Um, I'm loving what I heard from Steve today with all of the new home construction and, and those projects starting to yield what's taken five to 10 years to, to become actual homes. And now, now oh they're hitting God. the market and the it's Rick great. The Rick Eddy Ranch project yeah. was originally approved in 1998. Yeah. Some of these projects have been in the works for so long and obviously the market market took a little turn and, and, put things on hold but now as we've as we've rebounded for this past decade and they've made their way through these um processes that exist and and now we're starting to see actual homes popping up and oh yeah and so i'm i'm very excited for what next year's summer buying season has in store for us i think it's going to be a very active year um i think with all this extra inventory our you know the buyers in the in the area are going to have lots of choices which it feels like it's been 15 plus years since buyers have had time to think about the inventory and, and weigh options and, and make a, a calculated choice. It feels like it's just been a rush, rush, rush kind of process here for so long because of this lack of inventory. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that change in the market. The state itself has just been wildly behind on building for the population growth we've had too. I mean, there's so many people legit talking about leaving the state because it's too expensive. And without new inventory, all that does is raise price. Yeah. Now, if you're an owner, you know, don't be discouraged. Don't think that these extra units are going to just deflate the equity you've earned. You're in a stable market right now. Yeah. If anything, these, these newer, these new additional units are just bringing us closer to balance in our market because we're so so weighted on the you know 
tons of buyers, not enough sellers. And so just having these new homes on the market helps bring that more into equilibrium. It's still a seller's market. Yeah. It's still, it's still, um, there's, there's less inventory than, than what we would consider normal, um, supply. Like, like Steve was saying, he saw a home on the market for 22 days and thought, my, that was sitting for a long time. A normal market is, you know, you'll hear different things from different people, but anywhere from three all the way up to nine months is is typical marketing time for a home in a normal market. So to see things sitting for 22 days and thinking that's long, that's because we've been conditioned over this last decade to believe that 22 days on the market is a long time. That's yeah. not normal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm just excited to see uh, us enter a normal market and experience a normal market for the first time in a long time. I think it's important too if you're a first time home buyer or maybe your your kids or your grandkids are first time home buyers and they're just kind of discouraged. You want to be buying. You know, you're not looking to buy a house and turn around in three years and sell it right now. That those that's not where we're at in this marketplace. It's find a nice home in a good neighborhood. And honker down for five to seven years. I mean, since I've owned my house, Dan, since 2014 in San Luis, I've seen equity go up about $165,000 since I originally purchased it. And I've also had the opportunity through three great refinance cycles. I've only refinanced twice, but I've seen myself get in with an FHA loan, 3.5% down, pay the unfortunate funding fee, but then slowly get to the point where I had 10% equity, rolled into a, a first mortgage and a second, that home equity line allowed me to have a little bit of flexibility as I grew this career. And now um, I'm considering a third refinance where I would just get rid of the home equity line altogether and have mm-hmm. 20% ownership of my home and one mortgage that's under 4%. Yeah, I mean, if I didn't do that four years ago, I'd be sitting right now buying the same house for 705 that I bought for four, 540 you know, mm-hmm. in 2014. Now, everyone's at different life cycles. You know, if you're in the between, um, if you're in between um, uh, advancement in your career, maybe next year you're going to see a, a 10, maybe $20,000 increase because of a promotion you know is coming. It's a good time to sit down with Dan or myself and just get a pre-approval because as Dan said at the beginning of the show, the first quarter of this year looks pretty even keel with regards to the volatility in the rates market. I think there's a lot of turmoil still going on with that trade discussion. We've got election year starting. We've got the typical, whatever they're going to call it this year for the, what is it like the Arctic blast where mm-hmm. people are in winter for two months. So not, it's a great time to get all of your ducks in a row with us. Let's figure out what your pay is. Let's tell you what you approve for. Let's, Let's actively start a plan for saving what you need for the down payment and show you not one loan. Let's show you three or four loans that help you make next year your best year to buy a house so that you can take advantage of this, like you said, strong market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's it's the, the planning part of the process can start anytime. And the earlier you start, the better. Usually um, it, it gives you opportunity to work through any trouble spots that you have qualifying. Um, I do think as I look forward next year, knowing that it is an election year, we do have what seems to be driving this market anymore, which is the the U.S.-China trade um, negotiations. As those two stories develop, 
as the year goes on, I see, you know, we're already in a kind of volatile market. I see even more volatility. Um, the beginning of the year is going to going to be a great start to the year with these nice low interest rates as the, and, and then we hit the summer season. Um, as the year gets into that second half of 2020, um, I, I, Things are going to get weird and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I, it's just how it is with these these election cycles. When Trump defeated Clinton in 2015, 16, 16 thank mm-hmm. you. Um, man, those three weeks after that were crazy. The Even before. Shut up. Leading up to it, the like speculation of who of was going to win yeah. and, and how that was going to affect markets and then... The reality Ooh. of who won and how that was going to affect the market. And, and so I, I see the same thing happening. It's going to be a build as the year goes on. And as we get closer to decision day, yep. um, we're going to see the markets rock and roll. So um, the beginning of the year is going to be a great opportunity to handle any of this financial, you know, fixing if you will or you know just yeah. reevaluation up, of finances tightening up maybe maybe you got some student loan debts that are lingering out there you could pay them off let us coach you on the value of that a lot of times people come to me and they say hey look we paid off all of our debts but we don't have a down payment what we do and i say ah i wish you came to me first let's just talk about the other ways many times people think about oh my credit score is good oh my income good asset is a big big part of the purchase and what i mean by asset is down payment and closing costs and how we use that. You can pay off debts through the close of your transaction in a purchase transaction to qualify. I mean, I can improve your situation two, three, four fold in a thirty in a, excuse me, in a three month period just based on the way you handle your debt and your down payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting in sooner than later is is definitely the right recipe for success. Um it's a, it's an important part of that process, just kind of meeting with the loan officer and figuring out the goals and what you're trying to do and, and then figuring out the plan. Um, it's something that, you know, we talked earlier in the show, just that working with someone who's experienced, who's doing this every day, it's not, I mean, I I get that you've got family that may be involved in the business and they may be great people, but if they're not working in this business every day, full time for a living, then there's things that they're going to miss. Um, and, and, and there not, may not be programs that they have. Right. Yeah. There may be limit, you know, every, every bank's a little different with what they offer. Um, so, you know, we, we pride ourselves in offering the full array of mortgage products. We work every day in this business. We work every day in this local community. So we have all the tools we need to succeed here um, and, and perform at a high level for you um, closing a, a loan in a, in a reasonable amount of time at a very competitive interest rate and with reasonable fees. So that's what we're here about. That, you know, that, that's what we do every day. That's what we're here talking to you about. And we hope that if you need our services, you'll consider giving us a call. We've got one phone number that rings all of our offices. It's 805-543-LOAN. That's 805-543-5626. Uh, On our website, you can begin the application process by looking for the Apply Now link. Um, Our website is centralcoastlending.com. We hope you'll take advantage of that. And if you need any help, reach out to us. We're here for you. I hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving, and we'll be back next week with more Mortgage Matters.